Thank you, Eric. We're going to invite the kids. Any of the kids that want to come up and help us up to the stage here? All right. You guys know what you're doing? All right. It's a beach party. Ready? Here we go. One, two. Oh, wait. We're going to start again. that has been some pretty serious stuff. So I decided I wanted to do something fun for the summer. And um, so this is our summer of beach party. And so we're going to get into that in just a moment. But I also want to take a moment to welcome back. It is multi-generational Sunday. So we've got our kids up here. They're going to help me out in a moment. But Laverne should have a picture. We want to welcome back our YOUers. So she's going to get the picture up there. So the YOUers, there they are. They were... Uh, uh, rally last weekend, and they're back. And I want to point out to you, so let's see, Marcus is in there. So some of you know Marcus graduated from YOU last year, but he was up in uh, in Wisconsin, and so he was there. Now, he was, he was in Wisconsin on a family vacation, so it was convenient. But what he did, what you'll also see, is Dorian's mom. So right here, this is Cindy, Dorian's mom. She was not in Wisconsin. She wanted to come to Wisconsin so that she could participate in the graduation ceremony that they were doing. So Marcus drove all the way from Wisconsin back to Cleveland so that she wouldn't have to drive by herself, picked her up, and drove her back to Wisconsin so that she could participate and be there for the YOU. So now, the only reason why I'm bringing that part up to you is because sometimes we have people in our community that we find out need a little help, need a little support, need a little ride. And sometimes you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, but I'd have to drive like five or ten minutes out of my way to pick them up, right? And here is this beautiful YOUer, right, who's so demonstrating what she learned through all, this, all these years, drove hours to make sure that Cindy didn't have to drive alone. So he's just such a good demonstration and such an example. I wanted to share that with you today. So welcome home, YOUers. I actually don't see any of them here today, but Greg's here. Where's Greg? There he is in the back and is wearing his lay, ushering and greeting. So welcome back, Greg. So uh, today we are starting our Life to Beach series 
with the sun always rises, and the ushers have some baskets. I have a token that I want everybody to take for this series, and so I'm going to invite those ushers forward with those baskets, and there should be several so that you can get them going in a bunch of rows so we're not waiting too long for those to get passed out. And meanwhile, I invited some of the kids to stay up here with me so that I could have a conversation with them about this token that you're getting. So you can go ahead and take one out of there. And it's, they're coming around to all of you, so so take a token out of there. And as they're coming around, maybe you guys could start the conversation. So so what did what did you pull out of there? A seashell. That's right. Does any, do you any of you know what kind of a seashell this particular one is? What do you think it might have been used for? The seashell. What are what are these kinds of seashells? What's the purpose of a seashell like this? Does anybody know? It's a house. Who was that? Somebody knew that back there. Yeah, it's a house. You know what it was a house for? Ants. Crabs. Crabs. Maya, you got a guess? Don't know. Anybody know? What this particular, this is called a money cowrie shell. Anybody know what cowrie shells held as a house? They're a house for something. Does anybody know what? A snail. That's right, Joe. It housed a snail, a marine, little marine creature, right, that lives in the ocean, typically found in the Indian Ocean or the South Pacific. And it's the house for this snail. And so when the snail is born, the, the shell would not be this big. So as the snail grows, the house gets bigger with the snail. Isn't that convenient? Right? So that's one thing that the cowrie shell was used for. One purpose of a cowrie shell. Anybody else have any idea what other purpose the cowrie shell might be for? Jewelry. Right? Anybody see Shannon today? She's got this beautiful necklace on that has a bunch of cowrie shells on there. So, yeah, crafters use these a lot today for, for jewelry. Yeah, Bob. It definitely, can you see how this would have protected the snail from getting hurt? Kind of like a turtle shell. In fact, if you turn it over, what do you see on the other side? What does that look like? Yeah. It looks a little bit like a shark jaw. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because it has little teeth, right? And those little teeth were to prevent things from going in and attacking that snail, right? So this is a money cowrie shell. Does that give you any clue to another purpose that this shell might have had? Currency and trade. Did you ever learn about that, that you could trade a cowrie shell for something you wanted? In fact, you might even be able to trade it for a cow. Right? It was back in the day. That's right. It was back in the day. Right? So... So um, research has shown that in China, thousands of years ago, it's where it began, currency began, and that this was the currency, cowrie shells, right? So if it was used as currency, how, well, how did you figure out how much it was worth? Anybody want to take a guess? How do you figure out what one cowrie shell is worth? You could write something on it, hmm? maybe, the size, maybe, by weight. 
Yeah, they're all different sizes. Compare them to one another, and you see they're all different sizes, all different weights, but nope, that's not it. Elise, did you have your hand up? So Elise is thinking maybe age-related, which comes back to size again. And beauty, everybody's cowrie style looks a little bit different, so are more beautiful ones worth more, and then who decides that, right? The value is only what someone decides it's worth. That's right, Greg. And so for these cowrie shells, when they were used for currency, the value depended upon how common the cowrie shell was. So, for example, in China, there would not have been very many cowrie shells. The only person that could have afforded these or had these cowrie shells would have been the very wealthy. And they were able to trade them for other things that they wanted. So in China, you might have been able to get a whole cow from one cowrie shell. But in other places where cowrie shells were more common, they probably would have needed hundreds or maybe even thousands to purchase a cow. So on what was the supply and demand of those cowrie shells at one point in time. Now, you might think, well, that's kind of silly, but I have here a piece of paper, right? How much is this piece of paper worth? $20. Who said? It says it right there, so it must be. It's worth $20, right? So is this and this, you know, any more ridiculous? Right? This is just a piece of paper. It wrote on there it was $20, and so we all are in agreement, right? It must be $20. So my point is that this cowrie shell, the cowrie shell, by the way, was also used for sacred ceremonies. Many of the indigenous people used cowrie shells for sacred ceremony. And so depending on the sacred ceremony that it was used in, it might have more or less value as well. But the point is, that as Greg pointed out, and as some of you have said, is that it all depends on what we decide. What we decide is the value. That's what determines the value. What our perspective is determines what this is used for. If you're a snail, it's your home. If you're uh, indigenous people, it could be a sacred ceremony totem. If it's you here, it's going to be your totem throughout the summer to remind you of the series that we're going through. But it all depends on the perspective that we're holding in our mind. It is a human-decided construct, idea of what its value is and what its purpose is, right? So let's continue that conversation because we're talking about the sun always rises and the beach and everything. So tell me, how many people here have thoughts, right, thoughts, human ideas holding that are thoughts that are worry, doubt, fear, anxiousness? Does anybody ever have those thoughts? Do you guys ever have those thoughts? that you're worried about something, afraid about something, yeah? Do you ever up during the night with a thought like that and you can't get back to sleep? Do any of you do that? You do? What do you worry about? Can you tell me one thing? Put you on the spot, I know. That you're not going to fall back to sleep. Don't you hate that? When you wake up and you worry that you're not going to fall back to sleep, that's a good one. How about when you go to sleep? Anybody have trouble falling asleep because through your mind, right? They are all just human-created ideas, right? These fears, these worries, these concerns. So here's a question for all of you. Do any of you ever go to sleep or wake up worrying 
about whether the sun's going to come out tomorrow. Anybody? Why? Yeah. Because the sun always comes out. Always. It has every day of your life, hasn't it? Yeah. In fact, do you know that the sunrise and the sunset are nothing more than our own construct? Like, the sunrise and sunset doesn't actually happen. Did you ever hear of that? The sunrise and sunset is just a sunrise and a sunset because all of us have agreed in consciousness, in the collective consciousness of humanity, that the sun can rise and the sun can set. Well, the sun is always there. Sometimes the moon is blocking it, but sometimes the earth is blocking it. It's on the other side of the earth, right? And they're in the sun and we're in the dark. But the sun is always shining. The sun never stops shining. Thank you, guys. You can continue to sit up here if you want, or you can go sit sit back down if you'd want. Whatever you decide you'd like to do is good with me. So this idea is the idea that I'd like for us to talk about today, that we have this idea in our consciousness, in our collective consciousness, that we create ideas and we agree collectively to hold these ideas in our consciousness. So the cowrie shell and money being an example of that. But there are a lot of other examples of that. For example, the idea of countries is an idea that we together collectively have simply agreed to. Because if you are looking at the globe, at the earth from outer space, you do not, well, you might see the Great Wall of China, but other than that, right, you don't see where one country ends and another country begins. Those are ideas that we, humanity, have created together and agreed together to hold and follow, right? The idea of race. They're now talking about that, that that race is a construct of our imagination, that we are the ones that have said that based on your color or based on where you're born, that that determines who you are. But there are our own ideas. There are our own constructs. And we can change our minds if we want, right? The idea of religion has, for the most part, our ideas about God, Right? are simply social constructs, ideas that we have created and agreed to in mind. I had friends who went and spent a year in India, and they talked about the caste system in India. She was learning, um, taking music lessons with, uh, I forget what the instrument was, but one of the instruments that they play over in India. And she was told that she could not sing one of the notes because that was reserved for people only of a certain class, a certain caste, right? And when she told me this story, it was so very obvious to me that this whole system of caste and class would totally dissolve if we all decided I'm not playing that game anymore, right? Because we, as humanity, create our world through the thoughts that we're holding in our mind. And we can change our mind any moment of every day and start again with a whole new set of thoughts and ideas, perhaps ones that would be more creative, ones that would be more helpful, ones that would be more supportive. Right? Because the sun 
always rises. I love uh, our daily word today because it really speaks to um, where the series, what's informing the series for me. I was out at Unity Village in March, and I was with a whole group of ministers there, and I said, I want to do something fun over the summer. What can I do? And one minister responded, the rest must not know, (laughs) right? But she said, I think you should do Life's a Beach. That was uh, Reverend Sheila Gatreau, who's uh, affiliated with Unity of Houston. And I took that idea and I Google searched it. And believe it or not, BeliefNet had like this whole series that, that this particular series is based on. And so I wanted to share with you today the um, reading for today from that particular series. So this is the, the life of beach and um, the sun always rises. This is what it says. The sun really does rise every morning. Sunrise is the moment when night becomes day. It never arrives at the same time, and no two are alike. The sun may race over the horizon in a brilliant fireball or creep slowly, held back by stubborn clouds. Sometimes the sunrise is hidden behind stormy skies, and you must take it on faith that the sun is there. Life's days are like sunrises. They may start out with brilliant bursts of light, or they may begin sluggishly held down by illness, aggravation, or anxiety. Sometimes the sun is hidden behind the swirling storms of life. The beach teaches that just because you can't see the sun in your life, it's still there. You must take it on faith. Each sunrise represents a fresh start, a new opportunity to conceive and pursue a dream, to help someone or to reach out for help, to write, compose, create, invent, build, sing, date. The sun always rises on an opportunity to do better, to be better, to live better. Don't waste your sunrise. Every moment of every day is an opportunity to start again, to choose a different thought, to go with a different idea, to question the way you've been living, to decide to do something differently. Nobody has to wait until January 1st to begin again, right? We have a new morning every morning. And just as we know that the sun always rises because the sun is always shining and we know that without a shadow of a doubt, can you imagine beginning your day recognizing and realizing that standing under it all is the power and the presence of God and that there is good waiting to be revealed in through and as me? Can you imagine having as much faith in that understanding as you do in knowing the sun will be there in the morning? Can you imagine living with that understanding so that when the world feels like it's coming in on you and it's feeling so heavy, anybody feel that way? That you could know without a shadow of a doubt that this is a new moment and I get to make a new choice and I get to have a new thought. And so a quote that I wanted to share with you on that comes from Mahatma Gandhi. I've seen it going around Facebook right now, so you might have seen it there. And it says this, when I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love has always won. Just like the sun, always shining in the sky. Take that thought that truth and love 
has always won and know it with as much faith as you know that the sun is shining in the sky, right? There have been tyrants and murderers, and for a time they can seem invincible. But in the end, they always fall. Always. Your good is always there. Love will always win. A new day is always here. You get to create it. Why? Because the sun always rises. Will you know that with me this week? Your cowrie shell that you have is your reminder. It's your token to see things from a different perspective, to understand that we're the ones that place purpose and and, um, meaning to things. So let's Choose to see things from the meaning of of oneness, of love, of understanding, of wisdom, of life, and of light. And let us affirm that with one another. Uh, Will you put up the slide for our daily word today, Laverne? Our, Our new day. We have a new day. And on this new day, we know that my creative power enables me to create a new day whenever I choose. What if it's 10 o'clock at night? So what? Whenever I choose, right? It doesn't say at 7 a.m. I can choose it only. Whenever I choose. What if it's when I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm having those thoughts going through my mind? What then? I can make a new day whenever I choose. Right here, right now, I can know my creative power enables me to create a new day whenever I choose. Will you affirm that with me? Will you speak this aloud with me? My creative power enables me to create a new day whenever I choose. Right here, right now, with this thought, we can change our mind. So that's our spiritual practice for this week. This week, recognize that each sunrise provides a fresh start and a new opportunity. No matter how your day begins, recognize it for the gift that it is. Did you wake up thinking about the gift? Of this day, this day is only coming around once in your lifetime, in my lifetime. What if we saw it from that perspective so that we could shift? We, we had this practice a few months ago, right, from, oh, God, it's morning, you know, to, oh, God, it's morning, right? And so before you even get out of bed, give thanks for three things. Well, wait a minute. I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. How can I give thanks for three things? Right? What could you give thanks for? Waking up. I'm alive. Right? I have I have a bed. Right? Yes, Elise. I have a body. I have a new day. I am blessed. I made it safely through the night. Imagine beginning your day before you even got out of bed with three things that you're grateful for.